Welcome back to Latin 2 from the Church of St. Agnes. Today we are going over our exercises and homework for Unit 17. If you turn to page 141, we'll take a look at Roman numeral 2 under the drills section. These short sentences that are <clears throat> giving us practice on the verb eo, to go, uh, and place constructions in Latin. So number one, eo ad meum patrem. I, eo, I am going ad meum patrem, to my father. Notice ad plus the accusative uh, showing motion toward. Number two, abis a templo. Now that abis comes from the Latin verb eo plus the preposition ab, abeo, to go away from. So here we have the second person. Ab is. Are you going away a templo from the temple? Notice that Latin uses a preposition a from the temple, but it also uses uh, the compounded verb that means to go away. Are you going away from the temple? A question. Number three, Petrus ad apostolos init. Peter, the subject, init, goes into or approaches ad apostolos. To the apostles. He comes before, he goes before, he enters into the apostles. Odd again with the accusative showing motion toward. Number four, imus e domo. We are going e domo, out of the house. Notice the uh, motion away from e plus the ablative domo. Now in classical Latin, um, with the names of cities, towns, small islands, and the word domus and the word rus, you would not use a preposition there. And sometimes in ecclesiastical Latin, you will see that without a preposition also. But you will also often see it in ecclesiastical Latin with a preposition. So here, imus e domo, we are going out of the house. Number five, ibatis in Galilea. Were you going into Galilee, in plus the accusative? Galilee is a region. It's not the name of a city or a town. So therefore, we need in plus the accusative to show motion toward. Number six, viri ex ecclesia exeunt. The men exeunt are leaving or exiting ex ecclesia, out of the church. Again, we have a compounded verb, ex eo, to go out of, but we also express the ex in the preposition, ex ecclesia, out of the church. The men are going or exiting out of the church. Now look at number seven, ibunt hierosolimam. They will go hierosolimam, no preposition, to Jerusalem in the accusative. Notice. No preposition, because Hierosolima is the name of a city, town, small island, Domus Oros, here a city. So, Hierosolima in the accusative without a preposition. Now, sometimes in church Latin, we will see a preposition, but sometimes we won't. And in classical Latin, you would never see a preposition there. Okay, how about, uh, oh, one other point. Hierosolima is the Latin version of the word for Jerusalem. 
Remember, there's also a Hebrew word, Jerusalem, which is not declined. But here we have the Latin form, and it's in the accusative to show motion toward. Uh, now we take a look at number eight. We have a similar situation. Istis Christiani Romam. Hmm, istis, second person, plural. Christiani in the nominative. Well, that must describe the subject. You went, you what? Christiani. You Christians, did you Christians, it's a question, did you Christians go Romam to Rome? Notice the name of a city, no preposition to show motion toward, simply the accusative case, Roma, to Rome. Okay, and number nine, erunt in aulam. They entered or they went into the hall. Ierunt, the perfect tense, plural, they went, and we need in plus the accusative to show motion toward, into the hall. And then number 10, volo domum ire. There's our new verb, volo, I want, I wish. And notice, it takes a complementary infinitive to fill out the meaning. I wish what? I want what? I want ire to go. And then the, ver, the word domum, home. Notice, no preposition because it's one of those exceptions, the name of cities, towns, small islands, domus and rus. Normally, without a preposition to show motion toward in the accusative case. I want to go home. Very good. So those are um, short, uh, succinct sentences to give you some practice. I think it helps to, helps to sort out the way that the verb AO is used, as well as time or place constructions in Latin. Now let's take a look at um, our exercises. Today we are doing the odd-numbered exercises again. So we go first to number one. Postquam turbe satis manducaverunt apostoli ierunt et omnes panes relictos collegerunt. Okay, so we have a postquam clause after. Turbe is the subject, the crowds. Manducaverunt, eight enough. Often in, uh, in Latin, when we have a postquam clause, it's usually with the perfect tense, mandu caverunt, but in English, we can often translate that as a past perfect. After the crowds had eaten enough, apostoli, the apostles, ierunt, went, at omnes panes relictos collegerunt, and they collegerunt, they collected. What did they collect? Omnes panes relictos. All the loaves, what kind of loaves are they? Relictos, perfect passive participle, fourth principle part from the verb relinquo, relictos, the having been left behind loaves. Now, of course, in English, we, we wouldn't say those, say that. We just say they collected all the loaves that were left behind or all the remaining loaves. But notice it is a perfect passive participle in the accusative plural, Modifying panes. Okay. Take a look at number three. Vere dignum et justum est. Invisibilem deum patrem omnipotentem filiumque unigenitum dominum nostrum Jesum Christum personare. <laughs> well, we have a whole slew there of accusatives in a row. 
and these will be dependent on the infinitive personare, which is in turn dependent on the idea in vere dignum et justum est. It is truly right and just, or truly worthy and just. Notice, those are the words with which we begin the preface uh, at Mass every Sunday, vere dignum et justum est. We usually say, et equum et salutare. And it's also right, just, worthy, and uh, salvific. But here we just have it is worthy and just, and that will take the complementary infinitive, personare, and then uh, to, to literally to praise, to shout out, to uh, sound out, to, to praise, invisibilem deum patrum omnipotentem the invisible God, Almighty Father. All of that modifies patrem, deum patrem. It's in, he's invisible and he's omnipotentem. And then notice, filiumque, we have a que on the end. Now that que is what we call an enclitic. It attaches to the end of a word. But in your mind, when you're translating it, you need to take that que off and put it in front of the word to which it's attached. So it would be like having omnipotentem et filium, here filiumque. So it's, it's right to, to uh, praise the invisible God, Almighty Father, and the only begotten Son, filium unigenitum, dominum nostrum Jesum Christum, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Those are all appositives, aren't they? to the main uh, object, filium, and deum above, deum patrem. So, uh, lots of accusatives there, all dependent on the infinitive personare, to praise the invisible God, Almighty Father, and the only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, um, let's take a look at number five. O dilexio caritatis, pater noster enem filium unigenitum misi. So, O love of charity, or uh, delight of charity, of uh, our Father, for our Father has sent his only begotten Son. So we have an exclamation here, O dilexio caritatis. Oh, the delight or the love of charity, the our Father, Miset, sent filium unigenitum, his only begotten son. All right, pretty straightforward sentence. Let's take a look at number seven. Supplices igitur volumus ad dominum pietatis acceptabile sacrificium facere. So we read along, we see supplices. Hmm, uh, plural. Nominative or accusative, egitur, uh, therefore, volumus. Ah, there's our verb. And the mus ending tells us it's we. So we is the plural subject, and supplices is plural. So that modifies the express, the, the uh, non-express subject in volumus. It's only in the ending. So we, what kind of we? We suppliants, therefore. We suppliants means literally, suplex means literally to sort of bend over. We're in a suppliant uh, attitude. We suppliants, therefore, wish facere 
to make acceptabile sacrificium, an acceptable sacrifice, ad dominum pietatis, for the Lord of piety, or to the Lord of piety. Notice that um, in, in ecclesiastical Latin, uh, we use an odd there, uh, dominum, odd plus the accusative. Um, in, in classical Latin, you might very well see a dative case there, but in any regard, uh, uh, we're making a sacrifice that's acceptable to the Lord of piety. And the important thing here, volumus, volo, takes a complementary infinitive. We want, we wish to make, to do something, right? So when you see volo, be on the lookout for an infinitive that will complement it or fill it out its meaning. Let's take a look at number nine. Palo altem volente intrare in populum non permiserunt discipuli. Uh, this is an interesting sentence from Acts. When you see it, immediately you see the first word in the sentence, Paulo. You say, oh, ablative, autem volente. Ah, ablative. There you have a noun and a participle set off by commas. Beginning the sentence, what are you going to think? Ablative absolute. Remember that the rule of the ablative absolute is that uh, the subject of the ablative absolute goes in the ablative, and the, the verb of the ablative absolute goes in the participial form, modifying that. Therefore, we have Paulo volente. What kind of Paul is he? He is a Paul wishing intrare in populum, to enter into the people or before the people. Notice that volente is a participle, therefore it's a verbal adjective. It's telling you what kind of Paul he is, a wanting or wishing to come before the people, Paul. But it's also a, has verbal characteristics, and Valente there takes, again, a complementary infinitive, wishing to enter before the people or into the people. So Paul, what kind of Paul is he? Wishing to come before the people, that's the circumstances under which the main sentence functions. Non permisero discipuli. The disciples did not permit it. So the disciples did not permit him. Okay, well, there we have the Abbot of Absolute, a circumstantial clause. Um, Paul, however, wanting to come before the people, the apostles didn't allow it. That tells the circumstances under which the main verb functions. That's your ablative absolute, a perfect example of it using the present participle in the ablative modifying Paul. Very good. Take a look at 11. Jesus circuibat Galileam et populum monebat, postia rediit hierosimam, ubi dixit opostolis de morte et resurrectione. So we see Jesus, he's the subject, circuibat. Uh, he ibat circum. He was going circum, around. He was circulating. He was circumnavigating. He was going all around Galilea, Galilee. And he was monebat. He was advising or admonishing the people. These verbs are both in the imperfect tense, showing continuous past action. Postia, afterwards, radiit. He returned hierosolima. Notice, 
Hiro Soliman, no odd, because it's the name of a city. He returned to Jerusalem in the accusative, showing motion toward. He returned to Jerusalem, ubi, where, dixit, he spoke, apostolis, in the dative, to the apostles, de morte et resurrectione, about death and resurrection. Good sentence, um, showing you motion toward a city without odd plus the accusative, just simply the accusative. Place to which in Latin. The names of cities, towns, small islands, domus and rus, often without a preposition, even in ecclesiastical Latin. Okay, take a look at 13. Scriptum est in libro veteris testamenti primo, quoniam Deus spiritum emisit et vivificavit Adam. Okay, scriptum est. There's your verb, and it's impersonal. By that we mean it doesn't have a person. It doesn't have an I, a you, or a he. It's impersonal. It was written, scriptum, that's why it's neutered. Notice it's perfect passive. It was or has been written in libro veteris testamenti primo. Notice primo modifies libro, but it sandwiches between libro and primo the veteris testamenti. It's nicely done stylistically. It's, the libro primo literally embraces the veteris testamenti. It was written in the first book of the Old Testament, which is, of course, Genesis, that Deus, God, spiritum emisit, sent forth his spirit or his breath, and he vivified or gave life to Adam. He, uh, he made Adam alive, vivificavit. Um, very good. So God sent forth the Spirit, and he vivified Adam. Two actions. Okay, I think that's pretty uh, clear. Let's take a look at 15. Paulus adventum gloriosum filii nuncians. Ah, very good, very good. Watch that. Confundebat judeos qui in templo aderam. Paulus, obviously the subject. He's in the nominative, first in the sentence. Now, what kind of Paulus is he? Adventum gloriosum filii nuncians. Nuncians, notice, nominative, singular, masculine, participle, from nuncio, nunciare, to announce. So what kind of Paul is he? He's an announcing Paul. That's your adjective, adjectival function of the participle. But notice, it also has a verbal function because it takes a direct object. What's he announcing? He is announcing the adventum gloriosum filii, the um, glorious advent or coming of the sun. So Paul announcing the glorious advent of the sun, confundebat, was confounding or throwing into confusion, judeos, the Jews. And then we have a relative clause, qui in templo aderat who were present in the temple, aderant, from adsum, to be at, to be present. So Paul announcing the glorious advent of the sun was confounding the Jews who were present in the temple. Important point there, the participial phrase, nuncians, adventum gloriosum. Um, you can say anything you want about Paul, who was announcing, or 
announcing or when he was announcing or since he was announcing. But the point is, Latin will use a participle just like that to modify Paul, a participial phrase. Okay, let's take a look at 17. Volo ergo virus orare in omni loco. Pretty straightforward sentence. Important though, volo, there's our new verb, volo, I wish, I want, and you're going to expect the complementary infinitive. I want, therefore, men orare to pray in every place. Now, we say, well, we have viros there. Maybe that's the object of orare. Well, that wouldn't make much sense in English, would it? I want to pray men. No, you don't pray something like that. Um, the point here is that whenever Latin has an infinitive and it has the subject of an infinitive, that subject of the infinitive goes in the accusative case. We'll know more, we'll learn more about that a little bit later in our, uh, in our class. But for now, volo, I want, I want men. What do I want men to do? To pray, orare, in every place from uh, the first letter of Timothy. Fairly straightforward, by the way. Uh, take a look at 19. Now, 19 has an important uh, point here, one that we might recognize in English even. Here we have a phrase starting the sentence, deo volente. You may have heard that phrase in English. We've taken it right from the Latin. But there we have an ablative noun and an ablative participle sticking out there, set off by commas. What are we going to think immediately? Aha, ablative absolute. Omnis natura purgabitur. And then we have the alternate form, purgata erit. Omnis natura purgabitur is the main sentence. All nature will be cleansed or purged. We get the word purge from purgo, purgare. That's the future tense, purgabitur, future passive. Will be cleansed. All nature will be cleansed. Under what circumstances? Deo volente. With God wishing it. God willing, we say in English. God willing. Deo volente. Yeah, we can say if God wills it, since God wills it, because God wills it, when God wills it on any of those. But notice the ablative absolute is a phrase, a clause expressing time, cause, condition, or concession, which is circum tells the circumstances under which the main verb functions, the main sense. So with God willing it, all nature will be purified. If we say purgata erit instead, it says will have been purified because that's the future perfect passive tense. Fourth principle part plus arrow, aris, aerith. So there you have it. And our last one, number 21. Apostoli, a Jesu amnisi, male habente sanare et peccata remitere valeba. The apostles, what kind of apostles are they? They're apostles having been sent out amnisi from misus, mito, mitere, misi, misus, amito, means to send away, having been sent away by Jesus. Now notice, amisi is a perfect passive participle. They are apostles having been sent. Notice their nominative plural, masculine, modifying apostoli, and they're sent by Jesus. So the apostles sent out a Jesu by Jesus, ablative agent, Male habente sanare et peccata remitere valeban. There's your main verb, valeban. Now remember the verb valeo means to be strong, to have power, to have ability, to be able. 
Laleo. So that's the imperfect tense. They were able, and that's going to take, of course, a complementary infinitive. What were they able to do? Two things. Sanare et remitere. Now, what's this male habentes? They were able sanare, to heal. What were they, or whom were they able to heal? Male habentes. Literally, those holding poorly. Now, this is an expression in Latin. If I say, uh, habio male, means I'm holding poorly. I'm not doing very well. As opposed to habio bene, I'm holding well. Usually this expression has to do with physical circumstances. So they're not doing well. They're holding poorly in the sense that they have a disease or a sickness or an, a, a malady. And notice the verb with it, sonare. The apostles were able to heal those holding poorly, meaning those sick, those who are doing physically poorly, and peccata remitere, and they were able to remit or forgive sins. So we have a physical action and a spiritual action, right? And um, uh, the habentes, the important thing there is that's the accusative plural participle from habeo, habentes male, they're holding poorly. Uh, these are people, of course, and that's because it's uh, masculine or feminine or plural both. So they were able to heal those holding poorly, those who were uh, sick, and to remit sins. Uh, very good sentence. A couple good participles in there, a perfect passive amici, and a present, habentes. Okay, so that concludes our sentences for Unit 17 and our homework for this week. Uh, you will recall from my announcement that this coming Sunday, we will not post a new, cla a new class, a new unit. We will take a week off uh, to celebrate uh, the Feast of Christmas and New Year's Day. And we'll give you an extra time to brush up on your Latin, to catch up if you're behind, uh, to spend time, of course, celebrating uh, the Feast of Christmas with friends and family and uh, to have a little extra time this week to, to work on that. So um, we won't, again, post anything this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday, we will do the next unit, uh, and then we'll be back on our regular schedule. So that uh, concludes our lesson uh, for today. Remember, uh, if you have any questions, I hope that I was clear enough in my explanations about these sentences. If you have any questions that I didn't answer, please drop me an email at may at stoloff.edu, and I'll be glad to, to uh, answer you uh, and clear up any confusion that you might have. Uh, again, my best wishes for a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll be back with you uh, a week from Sunday. Bye-bye.